Hi, my name is Steve Warren, and I want to welcome you to this podcast. I'm believing today you'll be filled with faith, you'll be energized by hope, and you'll feel loved as this message seeks to transform and empower your life. God bless you as you listen to this. Engage at what's true. I just help you know yourself a little bit. Make that decision. I'm going to be in church every single week because I need the presence of Jesus in my life. I want to talk to you about the extravagance of worship in just a few moments. And uh, I've called this message, No Wonder There's No Wonders. Sounds a little negative, doesn't it? But I want to spin it around because when you're in wonder and awe of Him, you open up the possibility of wonderful things happening. We call them wonders. When you allow yourself to be in wonder of Him, that's when the possibility of wonders happen. But it's no wonder there are very few wonders if we're never in wonder. If you're wondering why your life is wonderless, then it may be because you've stopped being in wonder of the one who's so wonderful. I want to urge you today, I want to encourage you today to begin to click back into extravagant worship. Give Him what He deserves, all your praise, all your honor. It all clicks back into your life eventually, even though we worship Him for His sake. There's nothing like putting your life in perspective through worship to help you feel a whole lot better about your life too. So we're going to do that. Give your neighbor a high five as you take a seat. Wonderful. Thanks, guys. You may grab a seat for 20 minutes. Well, hey, Lord, I get the privilege of preaching from a carpet today. It feels like home. It feels very much like home. I've got this carpet in my kitchen. There we go. Thanks, Jamie. Come on, let's give Jamie a hand. I don't really need this, but it's quite nice. I don't ever get to preach behind a pulpit very often. This is cool. This is what it feels like. Um, Lisby sends her love. She's preaching in Meppel today in a church called Empower Church, which we're helping support. So she's giving her best right there. And, um, and Peter Jacobs is preaching in Almira this morning. So the team is scattered and fruitful, and it's all good. But we're in Saldos where it's all happening, right? In the English service, which is the supreme of all services. Awesome. Hey, uh, we had such a good night last, uh, last Sunday night, Encounters Night. We, uh, I, I don't have time. I was going to interview Jamie, but we run out of time. But um, last Sunday night, I just felt, I knew Jamie had a, a damaged ankle. He had damaged it through exercise five weeks before. And, and um, I knew it because he came into church limping like this. And so I was just talking to him about it. And I just felt the Holy Spirit prompt me that I should pray for him at the start of uh, the meeting, not the start of the meeting, before I preached last Sunday night. And uh, all of this was happening at the time I just described that story just now, that, uh, <clears throat> that I was needing to make sure I was getting my perspective in order. And the beautiful thing about that is this, is that when you get your eyes onto him, it's way easier to walk in surrender. It's way easier to walk into obedience. But get this also, that takes the whole pressure off. Because 
whilst I knew I needed to pray for people for healing last Sunday night, uh, there was parts of me going, I'd rather not do this, Lord. I'd rather, not, I'd rather just get on and preach because I can preach and uh, no one really knows what's going on. I don't, I'm not confronted by where I'm at. I, all of that is a lot easier. But I knew I had to step into that gifting of healing. And so I was pushed by the Holy Spirit into it. And so we prayed for Jamie and then got him walking up and down. And, and he, he said it was a bit better. So I wanted to test him on his words. And so I got him running across the stage and he was yelping. It felt really cool. But he said, it's, it's starting to get better. So at that point, I realized I just needed him to continue to exercise the healing that had begun. So I got him to walk around the back. And he said, it was starting to feel a whole lot better. On Monday morning, he, he sent me a text message going, it's completely gone. In fact, he went to the gym on Thursday, completely worked it out and said, in fact, in the first service, we got him to stamp his foot on the stage, no pain whatsoever. How good is God, right? Now, I say that because it's, it's a wonder. It's, it's, it's God at work. And it happens in the context of us putting him in a place of awe. That's what I want to talk about. Turn with me to, uh, Jamie, sorry, would you mind proving your legs okay and grabbing my notes? It's on the, the thing there. Um, it's, but it's going to come up on the, if you could run up just to prove what I've just said is true. If we can bring up the psalm on the screen. Woo! Uh, psalm... Psalm 149. Who loves the Psalms? Psalm 149 says this. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise in the assembly of his faithful people. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let the people of Zion be glad in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with timbrel and harp. For the Lord takes delight in his people. He crowns the humble with victory. Let his faithful people rejoice in this honor and sing for joy on their beds. You can praise God anywhere. Amen. May the praise of God be in their mouths and a double-edged sword in their hands. Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. Worship. Everyone say worship. Who loves the Christmas story? It's full of worship. It's full of wonder. It's full of wonders. Uh, just to give you a, a quick summary of the narrative of the Christmas story. So Mary, pregnant, ah! scared, confused. Angel appears to her. Wonder. Wow. She's okay. Peace. Joseph, he gets the news. Mary's pregnant. He's like, ah, no. This is terrible. I'm... Angel appears to Joseph. Wonder. He's okay. Peace. Shepherds in the field caring for their sheep. An angel appears. Then the flash mob happens. You know the flash mob? Somebody gets up, begins to sing, and then a whole group gets up, begins to sing. This happens to the shepherds. An angel, one angel comes along, says, fear not. Then the whole flash mob comes along. It says, suddenly a whole choir appears and they begin to sing. Shepherds go from fear to wonder. It's all okay. They worship. Then the wise men, they're a long way off and they see uh, a star in the sky and begin to wonder what that's all about and they get an inclination, a sense in which this could be something prophesied about a Messiah. So they follow the star 
And they find Jesus. And in wonder, they worship him. They bring extravagant gifts before him. That's the Christmas story, if you ever wondered. The Christmas story is all about extravagant worship. The culmination of the Christmas story, as it were, is with the wise men bringing their extravagant gifts. God is calling us to extravagant worship. That word extravagant means a couple of things. It means wasteful, and it means doing that which is unreasonable. So Mary, Mary a different Mary, this is now another Mary, Mary, the brother of, sister of Lazarus, her brother, and Martha one day brings an extravagant act of worship to Jesus by pouring perfume, very expensive perfume, over him. And Judas immediately goes, that's wasteful, you shouldn't do that, you should be giving it to the poor. Such is sometimes the reaction of those who don't get extravagant worship. That's unnecessary. Why are the hands so high? Can't you worship quieter? Why so loud? Why so demonstrative? Aren't there different ways to worship? Yes, there are different ways to worship, different styles of worship, and everyone's welcome to worship in whatever style as long as it's extravagant, as long as it's giving of our extreme best. See, here in our our, because we own it now, you've immigrated, you internationals, you. In our culture, we don't fully understand wasteful. We don't like wasteful. We like things to be reasonable, not unreasonable. We like things to be enough, and we'll do what's needed, and, but wasteful. So when you have four guests coming to your house, you put, put out four cookies, right? Because more is wasteful. If you put out 20 cookies, five will be left over. They'll be soft. You'll have to throw them away. That's not good. That's wasteful. But who likes extravagant hospitality? So when you're throwing food away at the end of the night when you've had a dinner party, that's a good thing. Why is it a good thing? You've been extravagant. Your guests, I guarantee it, have gone away feeling blessed feeling like they've tasted of extravagant hospitality. It's not bad, church. It's good. Some waste is good. Now, if you're wasting 600 euros on all your utility bills, that's maybe wasteful, and therefore you need an appointment with Dr. David Spronk, finance guru. He will save you 600 a year. That's good. That's a good thing. But in some things, we need to learn to be extravagant. We need to learn to... Give over and above. We need to learn to give of ourselves over and above. See, there are different ways you can worship. Here's one way you could worship, which may not be the definition of extravagant. You come into church five minutes late. You've missed the first song. Ten minutes later, the, the, the other two songs are finished, and you're glad to sit down and rest your legs. You've put your hands in your pocket because it looks a lot cooler to put your hands in your pocket than to extend your hands out in far reach. Or maybe you've got the gum in the corner of your mouth because you know then you can chew when you don't know what else to do. That's your sort of worship. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe one hand in the pocket and the other hand raised because that looks cool. Cool worship. We call this cool worship. You know what it is you wear to church because it looks cool. You know how to act. Hands not too high because that's not so cool. Not too low because then people might be looking at you wondering why you're not worshipping. So you figured out how high is cool You've got that look on your face, the cool worship look. Forgetting the fact that no one cares about your posed worship, what they're looking for is emotion-filled, enthusiastic, extravagant worship. Because ultimately that looks way more cool 
on the face of God than it does the cool worship. That's cool worship. However, there's extravagant worship. Extravagant worship is the worship where you're here five minutes early. So next point. <laughs> extravagant worship is where you're five minutes early. You can't wait for it to start. Your heart is already prepared because church worship is not about church. If worship is about church, you think turning up to church and singing some songs, you've done your worship. Worship, church, <laughs> worship's not about church. Church is about worship. That is, I've already come ready to engage. I can't wait for it to start. I'm grateful. Why did Mary pour expensive perfume all over Jesus? Because her brother got raised from the dead a few days earlier. She was grateful. Extravagant worship will always start with a sense of thanksgiving and gratitude. So you're already thankful. I can't wait for this to start. You're on your front foot. You're leaning forward. Your hands are raised. Because extravagant worship is one step beyond cool. If you raise your hands really out there, you don't look cool anymore. But it's unreasonable. It's wasteful. Because it takes more energy to do it when you could do this. Conserve your energy. No. Jesus wants you to waste your energy on worship. He wants you to dance like it was only three minutes ago. You had your first encounter of a clean conscience. Of a sense of freedom. It may have been 30 years ago in reality that you first experienced that freedom of forgiveness, but you dance like it was only three minutes ago. You dance like it's as fresh as today. I don't know about you, there are times where I jump up and down to, to make myself feel like that. To try and click my, myself in a gear and go, Steve, be grateful. It may be a while since you are so conscious of that freedom, but right now, I'm going to click that freedom into action. My hands are raised. And and there's something about the way you sing. It's like an opera singer. Have you ever noticed when opera singers sing, it looks like it's painful? It's not cool. It's not cool looking. It sounds amazing. Hands stretched out. Belting it out. It's just for the English service. I didn't use that phrase in the first service. Belting it out. Worship. I'm quite aggressive in worship. I, I don't even raise my hands sometimes. I just like punching the air. Gosh, the promises, yes, the promises. Light over darkness, yeah. What am I doing? I'm engaging what I believe with everything that's within me. Extravagant worship. Some of you are just trying to stay alive. You, you're just trying to stay on top of life. It's just enough sort of life. It's the reasonable life. It's the, I won't waste anything life. You're trying to stay alive rather than be spiritually alive. And so hence, your life sounds like the song, mm, 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 mm. Thanks, Raymond. I know what you're talking about. I was also born previous to that song. Yeah, that's the theme tune of your life. I'm just staying alive, staying alive. But there's more. I'm telling you. There's more to life than just staying alive. There's the spiritually alive, the extravagant worship, the reaching out. I'm on my front foot. I'm going to give my very best. I'm going to waste all the energy I've got on worshiping Jesus. It's unreasonable. King David did it. 
David was a master at it, actually. He wrote a lot of the Psalms for generations and generations to read and sing. He was the master of extravagant worship, a great king, a great warrior. Uh, he was a fugitive. He was a shepherd. And yet the one thing he was remembered for after 40 years of reigning as king, after freeing Israel from all their enemies, the one thing recorded in 2 Samuel at the end of his life, it went like this. David, the man God anointed Israel's singer of songs. Israel's singer of songs. He goes down in, in history books for being the worshiper. He achieved so much as a king, but he goes down in the memory of so many for being a worshiper. What are you going to be known for at the end of your life? Oh my gosh, I made it to CFO of my organization. I did this thing, I did that thing, and all those things are great and good, but wouldn't it be awesome if you walked into heaven going, I'm a worshiper. For starters, it'll help you get used to heaven. Not that that's all we'll be doing. But wouldn't it be amazing if you just walked into heaven like, know this place. Feels familiar. Because I've lived my life spiritually alive. So in eternity, I know what spiritual life is all about. And so worship's become part of you. King David was an extravagant worshiper. On one occasion, he danced so, um, so uh, wonderfully in worship that his wife was embarrassed. If you want to know how to dance before the Lord, you dance in such a way that embarrasses your wife. That's how you do it. Or your husband. Or just the person standing next to you. You're thinking, that's why I don't dance. Well, maybe that's the reason you should dance, is to embarrass the person next to you. Because extravagant worship just does not care. I don't care what you think when I worship. I'm not here to worship for you. Although partly I am, because I know you're probably looking at me sometimes. So I'm partly doing it as an... Hey, who said you could get up? They're all pointing like this. I don't know. No, no, God. It's like my time is up and I'm only just getting going. Extravagant worship. Paul, the Apostle Paul uh, worshipped extravagantly when he was in the... <laughs> You're awesome. When he was in the prison... The last place he wanted to be was in prison. He had a mission to accomplish. He had way more comfortable places he could be in. But he wakes up Silas in the middle of the night and says, Silas, we need to worship. And they get on and praise Jesus right there in that prison. They led all the guards to Christ over a period of time. They had a perspective that was different to the usual. This is what perspective is. Perspective is seeing from a different angle. As I told you with my story earlier, got my eyes off my thing, got my eyes onto him. When you do that, you get perspective. You see through to the other side of where you're at. How many have ever done the, what they call the magic eye 3D pictures? You know, those pictures that are in all those random multiple colors that makes no sense. Anybody seen those things? And, and I've never been able to do them. In all the years I've tried, I've only been able to do it once. I don't really have the patience for it because you, you've got to just stare for a while before you see it. So I usually give up before it probably was about to happen. So this week, I decided I'd give it a go as I was preparing for this message. So I took half of a day working this out for your sakes. So I went onto YouTube. How do you 
see these things and it, it taught me how to do it. Get up real close and it says you need to look through the picture to something on the other side. And then I, I begin to pull, and then you pull back as you're staring at it. And I saw a dolphin. I swear to you, I saw a dolphin jumping out of that picture into my kitchen. Seriously, there was a dolphin in my kitchen for 20 seconds. I was so awe-inspired, I looked up a heap of others. I had floating Smarties, had all sorts of things coming out of me. It was amazing. Incredible, all because I decided to look through and take a new perspective. To give extravagant worship, to be in wonder, you've you got to find yourself in a place of a new perspective. Eyes off self, eyes onto him. Mary had a new perspective. She had the perspective of promise. She got through her situation because she had a promise of what her son would be like. Mary, did you know that baby boy would heal the blind, would deliver the lost, would set the captives free? She had a promise. Joseph had a perspective of purpose. When the angel turned up to him and said, hey, Joseph, I need you to marry her. I know it's uncomfortable. I know it looks all wrong. But the Savior needs a father. And his mother needs a husband. You've got a purpose to fulfill. Perspective has purpose in it. Jesus had the perspective of proximity. That is to say he, throughout his life, longed to be near his father. Whenever pressure came on him, he would withdraw to the mountains. He would get near his father. Right from a young age, we find him in a synagogue talking with the scribes about his father. He sought out John the Baptist because he wanted to be near a move of God. Even before he had launched his own ministry, he was seeking out proximity with where God was. Where do you go when the pressure's on? Do you get the, pro 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 the perspective of proximity? That I need to be near my Father. Do you get the perspective of promise that there's more? to this than what I'm seeing right now. Do you get the perspective of purpose that I'm here on earth because God wants me here. There's a plan to fulfill. Therefore, I will stand in awe and be in wonder. Jesus went to the cross, it says, out of obedience. How? Because he had a perspective of what will be on the other side of that cross. When you're in wonder, it's so much easier to surrender. When you are in awe, of everything that Jesus is. It's so much easier to surrender. When I prayed for Jamie last week, I did it out of, of that mode, I surrender. Jesus, I need you. Because right now, inside of me, I'd rather be doing something else. But as I worship you and look up to you and I'm in wonder of you, I know anything could happen. I look away to you, therefore also the weight and responsibility comes off me and it's on you. Lord, do something move in this place perspective how do we tithe out of surrender how do we see baptism we do baptism out of obedience out of surrender why do we forgive those who offend us we do it out of surrender why or how do we give extravagant worship out of surrender it's not about me I don't care what other people think I'm surrendered come on why don't we stand our feet right now as we begin to worship 
extravagant worship. I don't know, we're going to sing this song again. It's not a jumpy song, so please, you know, it'd be probably totally uncool if you started jumping up and down now to this song. <laughs> Some coolness is good, but filter what I'm saying. I'm talking about worship that comes out of the inside of you, that gives everything of you. It says, Jesus, you're worth it. You're worth it all. And as I give my wonder, I know wonderful things can happen. There are people here today, and as we said earlier, you're needing to be set free from a knot on the inside. Maybe you've got a physical thing you're struggling with that you need healing for. It could happen even while we worship. Maybe you're here today and you've never asked Jesus into your life. Or maybe you've been away from Him and you need to come back to Him. Maybe you need to get your heart right with Him. You need to do business with Him. Maybe you're just not sure you're going to heaven. After we sung the song, if that's you, I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. But why don't we use this moment to be in wonder of the only one who can bring promise, purpose, and proximity that's going to change your world. Bring him all wonder, because it's wonderful. Come on, let's worship.
someone here you don't yet know Jesus and you're going the peace that I'm experiencing right now is so unusual and I want you to know that's God the peace that you're feeling here right now is how God shows himself to you the presence of God the one who is full of peace the one who's full of joy the one who's full of love and the one who's full of tenderness and compassion and strength and power he shows himself in those ways and the peace you're feeling right now is Jesus and he wants you to know him well thank you for listening today I want to take a few more moments of your time because it may be today you realize that you need to get your relationship right with Jesus Christ maybe you've never asked him into your life before or maybe for some reason you've been you've been moving away from him and today I want to invite you to come back to him or it may be that you're just not sure you're going to heaven and so I want to lead you in a prayer right now and I would really love for you to say this prayer with me and then straight after this prayer I would love you to do something for me but hey let's pray right now dear God I thank you for Jesus thank you that he died for me I ask that you would forgive me I turn away from my past and I give you my life come and live in me I thank you that today I am saved in Jesus name Amen so if you prayed that prayer today the Holy Spirit has done something in your life and so I want you to tell us about it I want you to email info at c3amsterdam.nl and let us know you've made this decision and let us have your address because I'd love to send you a book that will help you make this decision really strong and become a follower of Jesus and we'll also be able to help you get planted in a church near you God bless you